Welcome back to the Boats and Does podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. Today we got a special guest. We do. Very special guest. Yeah. He came all the way from Tennessee. Yep. <laughs> you gonna introduce him or not? Yeah, we got... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got Surprise! <laughs> we got Nick from Gundog It Yourself. Yeah, I don't know how very special of a guest I am, but, you know, I'm here. Uh, thanks for having <laughs> me. I'm, I'm enjoying it, you know. You warned me, or you gave me a heads up yesterday. You were making chili, but you didn't tell me all the other redneck fun that was going to accompany it tonight. Well, you see, we have this theory: it's if you want to kill a deer, if or if you want to shoot a deer, make plans. You make plans, and tonight That's how it goes. Yeah, t- tonight Tyler decided to go hunting right before our plans and shoots a deer. So we go and get muddy in the woods and track a deer. And- Dude, it was it was funny. You texted about today dinner and podcast, and I was like, sweet. I got off. I looked at my guys as we were getting out of the truck. I was like, I'm going to kill him today. Yeah. <laughs> That's I didn't it. even make it in the tree. <laughs> yeah, he shot him off the ground. Yeah. Uh, well, well yeah. it was a lot of fun, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, not to spoiler alert here, but, you know, you guys are going back in the morning to, to find the deer, hopefully. And uh, But we got a little bit of mudding in. I, I wasn't expecting that coming down here, you know. Yeah, uh, our, our hunt club's a little rough. Like, it's people don't understand we're like we have crappy jeeps that's what we drive um and now you see why <laughs> yeah because when you called he, it he was like yeah we'll be there in an hour i'm figuring like all right we're gonna do our little errand and then run over there and then on the way back he's like no nah, no nah, we're not we're not taking this truck we're gonna take the jeep. And, and on the way out i think i told you i was, oh, appreciate you giving me that, up on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't taking the f-150 back there no nah. <laughs> No, I actually took my F-350 up that trail that we were sliding up trying to get in the club. Really? Yeah, I took it up there one time. I was scouting for turkeys, and I just, like, couldn't take it. I was like, I got to go. I got to go. And I took the F- <laughs> I didn't want to walk in. I just took the F-350 up there, sat in the bed, and listened for birds. Huh? And after I sold it, I told my wife. I was like, yeah, I, I took the F-350 up this. And she's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so today the podcast, we're going to we're gonna debate some uh, – what the best bird to hunt is? Ducks. And, okay. <laughs> are we going type of birds, which would be ducks, or are we going specific birds? Man, I really mm. I really don't think it... Because so if like, you go ducks, and I just go upland. Yeah. Dry birds. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but it's different. Like, you can't... I feel Upland's like, so broad. I, I'll give you a subsection of ducks. Puddle ducks, divers, geese... Pick, 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 you know, one subsection of ducks, and I'll, I'll, I'll concede that you get a handful of different species. Okay, we'll go, we'll go puddles. All right, I could see that. Um, I think, man, here's here's where I'm I'm kind of I'm torn on this one, right? Because I know we're talking about birds that you can hunt with a dog, like birds that involve a dog being in the blind buddy sitting around like walking through woods whatever my favorite bird to hunt's a turkey like hands down no bar none if i can go hunt something and it's turkey season i'm going to hunt turkeys but now that i have a pointer and like we're going down that road i'm gonna say pheasants because that's like that's what i've been exposed to thus far in the upland world and there's nothing like it well i mean there are some people that hunt turkeys with dogs. 
It depends on the state. Every state has different regs, but yeah, totally uh, not legal here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not North Carolina or Tennessee. I mean, there's only a handful of states. But I just wanted to clarify that in case you did want to stick with turkeys. I don't know the rules on y'all's podcast on these debates here. <laughs> no, there's really not any rules. We just we just kind of duke it out. Um, yeah. yeah. So why, why ducks? They're just so much more fun. It's, listen, listen. Okay, we all know. We've all, everybody that listens has seen the reels, has seen the pictures. Kate, Tyler is the fat kid. Right. <laughs> Tyler likes the things that don't involve strenuous activity. You know what is not super strenuous? I don't know. I feel like duck is a lot more work than anything else. Yeah, it's tedious work, but you rot in the boat out there. This man said, I don't like the work. Yeah, it's tedious. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Strenuous. I don't like the strenuous. Riding in the boat and tossing decoys and tying in little jerk strings is not super tedious. Or, I mean, it's tedious, but it's not super strenuous. You're not yeah. walking as much as you are upland. You're also waking up at 2 a.m. to get to a crappy duck hole. Yeah, that, that, that is true. And then also, if we're talking public land, walking public land, that mm. is strenuous. Yeah, see, I don't do that, though. Right, yeah. <laughs> I do the lazy duck hunt. Yeah. So, so you have your blind... Or or what? You just use the boat? What what are we talking about? Blind hopping? What? Usually we'll just pick a spot on the lake, ride the boat in, sit on the bank, hide the boat. Yeah, right. we're we're kinda we're minimalist. Like we, we just try to hide the boat really good. Um, set up a good line of decoys and we just tuck up in the trees. We'll do a little brushing in, you know, like a little makeshift blind, but that's when duck hunting can be good anyway. I feel like the the blind uh the blind culture and duck hunting has kind of ruined it a bit, honestly. I mean, I've been in there. It's it's nice being able to cook breakfast, drink coffee right next to it, but it's also kind of spoiled everybody yep. to where it's just like there's never a blind that's good enough now. Yeah, and for so, sure. And then you, you realize like the people all getting into duck hunting is because they went to the Taj Mahal of a, mm-hmm. of a blind from, you know, their neighbor's buddy's friend last year and now all of a sudden everything is compared to that and then that's when you end up with the duck dynasty culture and somebody out there just sky blasting the ducks you called in yep man (laughs) i just enjoy the we go out we sit in the tree line you can it's not like any other kind of hunting i mean like upland and stuff you can talk and bs and whatever but like we can just sit and bs and play on the phones and we're like oh there's some ducks we call a little bit they fly in we shoot at them yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think there are a lot less good days duck hunting than there are than there are bad days. I mean, they're all good days because we're all hanging out and BSing, but, like, think about waking up at 2 a.m., like last week, right? To race to a spot. We're hungover. <laughs> Not the duck's fault. Not the duck's fault. Totally <laughs> but, our fault. Yep. But it happens. Like, it's pretty common during duck season to be hunting hungover. Okay. So we're hungover. I come and pick you up because your car is still at my house, right? Yep. I had to catch a ride home. We're responsible. He left his car here. Proud of him. You know? <laughs> um, Good call. And I go pick him up. I'm literally asleep. Like, we find this little blind spot and we're late, obviously. People <laughs> beat us to where we want to go. We get set up. Sun comes up. Everything's great. We feel like crap. I'm laid up. My dog's laid up. It starts raining. Dog goes to sleep. I go to sleep. 
some geese come over and that's the only birds we saw all day yeah and it's like hey you had a good nap though it was a really good nap <laughs> so so are we just going one by one on the on the vote on favorite bird or yeah we'll we, start or there and then we we'll, for all royal rumble here yeah where where are you right. at well, I was just because that's kind of where I was going on the ducks, but I didn't know if you were going to make a point on like why pheasants, you know, are, are better than ducks. And I haven't even given my vote yet, but he doesn't have a point why they're better because they're not. <laughs> I mean, I think the reason I think pheasants are better is pheasants got me into upland, and that first hunt, like really, like you hear the chuckle. You're walking through some of the most beautiful country. You don't tackle. A pheasant cackle. Cackle. Yeah, they chuckle. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, come on. It come sounds on. like a laugh. So that's I, I related to a chuckle. If we're in this P- PC uh, society, all right, the birds are going to get offended, and and you, you can't have that. But. <laughs> yeah. So you you hear the bird laugh, and then you're like, and like last year we walked them up, right? And it's super hard to walk up a limit of pheasants. Oh yeah. Like, just, so y'all are in CRP just walking them up or y'all working like a ditch or, or some broom grass or something. Yeah. It's just like, it's like neck deep, like nasty, just, cattails. just, just tall stuff. So y'all are trying to walk up pheasants in cattails. Well, it's not cattails. It's like CRP. It's grass. Okay. okay. Yeah. But it's just real tall, thick, nasty yeah. Pennsylvania. Your flexors are burning by the end of it. Oh, yeah. man. You, you fall down in there. You don't you don't fall. You're just <laughs> like, you're like, oh, you got to get your feet back under you. But like we walk up. So the first day we go out, man, we were on a bird quick. Like we shoot at Super a bird. Super quick. Yeah. We shoot at a bird early. I'm pretty sure I killed that bird, but like whatever. Um, never found it, and didn't, then didn't have a dog with you to to try and find it. Better. We had a, at that day we had a lab that's completely untrained, and they didn't kill that bird. <laughs> I'm the only. I knocked all the feathers off of that bird. If it's not dead, it's hairless or featherless. Everyone I shot folded. Well, have you ever heard the phrase "cut a feather"? You can cut feathers without actually hitting flesh. Yeah, I mean, I I, I probably <laughs> he just gave it a haircut. Yeah, I gave it a real tight haircut. Especially on pheasants, the fantail on a good rooster pheasant, yep. and even even hens, depending on if you're on a state program like release deal or yep. a preserve or whatever, you, you can shoot hens in in some areas. But those fans, especially if you're brand new to wing shooting or upland shooting. A lot of people shoot behind the bird, and they shoot right. the ass off the birds all the time. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> hey, we. I'll, I'll have you know, three of us shot at that bird. One of us definitely hit something, and it was me. <laughs> My safety malfunction. Oh, there it is. So I'm just, I'm just still impressed here because back to the ducks, real quick. You had you, you were taking it where I was taking it to where. I say it all the time on my podcast and everything. When you're on a good, fun duck hunt, there's nothing better in this world. I love a good a duck good, hunt. Fun duck hunt. Right at daybreak, they're all cupped up. You're hearing the whistling wings, you, and you're just shooting. Dogs are getting it, and they're just. It's like you can't even. You don't even pull the call out because they're just. They're working themselves. It. They're just yeah. working themselves. Like, how many times are you on the X? That's that's my point. Is. <laughs> You work in duck hunting, especially if you're public land duck hunting. You work your tails off all season long, and you might get one of those a season. 
Yeah. If you're lucky, we two cashed, of them. We cashed in early. Yeah, we <laughs> caught ours like first time. And so, like, that's my issue with duck hunting is it's. It, I, I'm conceding that on the on the perfect day, if you take the perfect upland, perfect duck hunting day, I might even take duck hunting if it's a guarantee. But that's the problem. There's so few and far between. If it was Arkansas and say the 80s or 70s when Arkansas was like blacked out skies when it was doing it and you lived there you would have never considered upland well no i mean i mean i'm living in arkansas so no (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like like if you had that in your in your backyard change the state to like north dakota or kansas to where you have like a fair Uh, footing uh, on both of them yeah Mm. i don't know that's a that's a tough one right there but yeah, you put me in Arkansas. Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. You're Arkansas right. in the heyday, it's like you wouldn't even you would have a lab. Yeah, you wouldn't be gun dog it yourself. No, and you would just be duck hunting. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be like everybody else, you yeah. know, in in a blind somewhere. Yeah, you'd, be, <laughs> you'd have a black a black lab and a boat, and you'd be going after it exactly. But so that's what I'm saying is like, well, Tyler's saying that he doesn't appreciate the hard. Really, kind of, you are if you're picking. If we're all agreeing that it's the you know the least amount of successful hunts that you can have, but then you go to Brandon over here and you're picking walking up pheasants. Like if pheasants your pick and you got there by just walking them up in CRP, that's some tough freaking hunting too. That's oh, no. tough hunting with a dog. Yeah, no, we we one hundred percent like hunting with Brandon. Anything is tough. Yeah, Brandon will walk you to death. Um, but. Yeah, no, we, I mean, that hunt that we did, just me and you, after, you know, Shane and her now, now husband, right? Yep. They couldn't make it the second day. It was like, we worked our tails off, but you know what? We came back, uh, one bird traveling for two people and we had the fourth bird just didn't shoot it. Mm -hmm. Um, to do that. And we had the fourth bird multiple times. So we had that group, that pair. We uh-huh. had the hen and, and we shot, I think we shot him out of there. Yeah. Um, I was pointing at the, the bird on the wall. Um, and then we never got her to flush. I don't know where she went, but then we had another bird on that other section that you had dead rights and. Oh yeah. And it, you know, it didn't so happen. You, so you had your opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely had our opportunity. And then I came back from that hunt and. It was about this time last year, so Nash is just over a year old. And I said, I told my now wife, back then was my <laughs> my girlfriend, I said, I want to get us a dog for Christmas. And she's like, okay. I'm like, I want a bird dog, like bad. Like, it'll be our Christmas present. She's like, all right. Found a Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> Craigslist dog. And... Now we got Nash. Nash has been down to Rusty Gun, done training. Uh, he's been on. He hasn't retrieved a duck yet. He's retrieved dove, blonde. Surprisingly, uh, he's done some great retrieves. He's done some not so good retrieves. He's pointed birds. He's you know he's done it for a year old dog that you know I got off Craigslist. I was about to say, sounds like a hell of a resume for a one year old dog. Yeah, no, I think he's a 
I think he's going to work out. Um, a week from today, he's getting the real test. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to take him up. The reason that I got him is pheasants in Pennsylvania, and we're going to see what happens. But that, that to me, would be the bird that I pick just well, because. Just remember, he's a one-year-old dog, and, and you're taking him on a bird that, given any option in the world, flying is going to be its last option. Yeah, it for sure. It is going to run. It is going to hide. It is going to try and wait for you to go by. Pheasants are tough for old dogs to figure out. You know, it, some dogs can get really good at, at pheasant with enough reps and enough contacts. But just keep that in mind with the one-year-old dog. Don't don't get deflated if you get out no. there and Nash is, is struggling a little bit. And, uh, you know, you, you, you might have to just get a few birds just come up in his face a few times before it finally clicks with them. Yeah, yeah. No, we, uh, this whole season's kind of been a struggle with Nash. Like, and it's... It's probably my fault for, you know, we're, I understand that he's one year old, but I've never had a bird dog before. So like, you're like, uh, you're impatient right now. You're, yeah, no, I want him, I want him to be that like solid three year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know we're going through the trials and like (laughs) me taking him hunting is the best thing I can do right now and like getting him out there and doing it. Um, and he's learning every time, like he's getting more steady in the blind. Like he's, he's really getting better and like, some of the blind retrieves he's went on, like no problem. Just like, just went in there and got it. And then other times he's like, he runs right over the bird. And I'm like, the bird's right there, Goober. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like we had a, I had a dove and I was sitting there looking at it and I was like, Brandon, send Nash over here. We're going to get him. We're going to have him get it. He comes barreling in and jumps over the bird looking for it. And I was like, Nash, 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 it's right here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's, some some dogs do that for a while. It takes them a while to figure it out. I mean, it's just like the scenting conditions. We have no idea what it's like to have a dog's nose. We do. We, we truly don't. I talk about it with some friends all the time. It's just like I would like. I think just one day is all I could withstand. Just give me the dog's nose for one day. I think anything beyond that, I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah. But like. We have no idea how that works. He's figuring out how the, how the dead bird works. And let's face it, dove hunting in the southeast, it opens up at the beginning of September. Yep. It's still hot as blazes down here. I mean, the the grass is still green. All that chlorophyll and everything in the grass is still sucking that down. You're talking about dead bird scent as opposed to live bird scent. Yep. You know, not I'm not giving excuses for your dog. No, no, no. I wasn't there. <laughs> but you're you what you're talking about is so common when people get their first dog. It's like yeah. they get so impatient, they want it so bad that that it's just like, man, just be I, patient. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm realizing that and I think I think I've been pretty good. Like, yeah, be good. like in the back of my head, I'm like, God, I can't wait for year three. Like, I'm just so stoked because I think year two, like, he's really going to figure it out, and year three, he's just going to be solid. Yeah. Year one is Uncle Tyler's ready to drown him in the yes. lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Year, year one is all about exposure. Yeah. Just expose him, get him used to going hunting, get him used to traveling, get him used to all that. Year two, you should start seeing the, the light bulb flicker. Yep. Not, not coming on, but flickering. Like you said, every time he's going out, it's making more sense. It's figuring it out. Year three, it, it's game time. Like it's it, you've had all the training, you've had the reps, you've had the exposure. Right now's your turn. Like it's your. I fed you for three years. Yeah, it, it's it's, <laughs> it's now time, time for you to feed me. <laughs> it's time to repay me a little bit. Yeah, so I think that's why I would pick pheasants. So what's your what's your bird? So, man, I could I could argue for or against 
any bird. Yeah, same. Right. But if you if you put a gun to my head and you're like, pick one bird that you hunt for the rest of your life, I gotta go rough grouse. Okay. I, I have Why? To. Because first off, you I'm picking an American bird. You picked a Chinese bird. <laughs> it is so, what it is. It is what it is. But like I mean, if I could go catch a trout, I would pick brown trout for the rest of my life. That's not an American trout. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, first and foremost, this is not why I picked it. But, like, there's something to it being a native bird. Uh, you know, it's native to America. It's it's where it in its home range. Like, there's something traditional about that. You know, the founding, the market hunting, all that stuff. Like, it has survived all of that. You know, while all these other species... Yeah, yeah it, it's you know even the buffalo parish the passenger pigeon parish the uh uh crap what's it called the uh starts with an h the uh something hen mm-hmm. it, it 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 went extinct okay during market hunting and rough grouse mm-hmm. survived all that and it's still like it was kind of america's game bird before the quail became america's game bird and now you could argue in some sections of the country especially pheasants the american game bird in a lot of ways now sure it's just like to me there's only one bird that's kind of withstood all of that and that's the rough grouse and then you add in the fact that you're you're in the woods you're not out in the prairie with wide open shots it's always challenging every bird is completely different they'll run on you they'll flush on you it's never the same bird twice and while i I love pheasant i love sharp-tailed grouse i love sage grouse I, i love all these birds that i hunt all over the country i can tell you that the rough grouse is different every single contact i can see that sharp tails and pheasants Man, they're cool. It never gets old seeing them come out from your feet or in front of a dog and shoot them. But they're kind of they're kind of dumb birds. No, I'm not gonna say dumb, but like they're they're all similar in a lot of ways. You know yeah. the, how you get to the flush may be different, yeah. but the flush is the flush. Yeah. The grouse, man, it's they're, they're gonna flush, and you have a split second. You're not even aiming. You're putting yeah. a beat on it. It's truly instinctual shooting. So you want to talk about the difference between like somebody just learning how to shoot and like somebody that's actually skilled with a shotgun? You got that. You're talking about an entry level or uh, introduction dog, a young dog, puppy dog, compared to a finished dog. It's nine day. Right. You, you know, it's like I've seen a ton of grouse dogs go out on the prairie and have some success moderate success some better than others you take a dog that's only been on pheasants and you go put them on grouse in the grouse woods it's gonna fall on its face right. nine out of ten times yeah i mean so you talk about instinctual shooting so like if i was gonna pick a duck as much as i love shooting greenheads, i'm picking wood ducks oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. woodies teal. what about teal though teal well we don't get a lot of teal, so okay. I haven't shot a bunch to know. But a wood duck here, like you get that first light flight, and you don't see them. Yeah, it's like boom, they're in your face. You better shoot, or it's over. They buzz you. No, they're gone. And it's That's... like you talk about instinctual shooting. Like that is fun. Like mm-hmm. that is a blast. It doesn't matter what. When something scares you, and you just have to react. I think your shotgun shooting, like me personally, I feel like I shoot better in that situation. I, th- I would argue most people do, whether they feel like it or not. You know, I think a lot of people want 
to put the bead on a bird. But if you just have to point and shoot and it's just muscle memory. Now, if you haven't picked up a shotgun in three, four, five years, then maybe not. But anybody that's held a shotgun has any instincts whatsoever. Getting out of your head and just relying on muscle memory, I think you're going to succeed more times than not. Yeah, so that's why I think, you know, if I was going to go for a duck, I would have said wood duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90% of the time I shoot with a shotgun is all instinctual. It doesn't matter if it's a set of geese coming in and I have time to throw the bead on them. It's just I shoot the shotgun that's fitted to me. I pull up. I know where it's going. And I put it where I feel like I should. I don't think enough people talk about shotgun fit. I really don't. No, they don't. And But on the opposite side of that, I know how important a good fitting for a shotgun is. And I still just... Carry, I carry what fits in my wallet, man. Like, so I have, I'm, I'm a lucky man. A, an 870 Remington or a Remington 1100 fits me to the T off the shelf. Yeah. They're 13 and three quarter or 14 inch pull and all that. Like it fits me to a T. I hunt with a Browning A5 because it's what's in the closet. You know what I mean? It's like. I was in the army. I was young, dumb, had had enough money to blow, and I would like really liked it when it came out in three and a half. And I was like, "Oh, that'll be a good turkey gun, and maybe a duck gun if I ever get into that." And bought it, and ten years later, I'm still hunting with it, and it's starting to get rusty. I'm gonna have to get it coated this year. Yeah. Well, it's like my Stoger. My Stoger fits me straight out the box. It's just yeah. But if you took that to a shotgun fitter, is he gonna tell you it fits you? Like, if you're going to take it to somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, is he going to watch me shoot with it? Well, I think that's part of the fitting process. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I've never been fitted just because I know – I've never had a shotgun fit me. You know, I'm kind of a lanky dude. You know, I'm tall and skinny. And, uh, you know, not all the shotguns are, are long enough for, for my wingspan. But you right. know what? Like – I don't have the money to go get fitted and buy another shotgun. Buy a specialty so, gun. It's yeah. just like, you know, I could figure out a way to go get fitted probably, but what good does that do me if I can't really go buy the shotgun anyway, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I've never really fooled with it. I understand, like, the importance of it, but it's kind of like they say the same thing about golf, too. You're supposed to be fitted to your golf clubs, and who all actually does that? Well, I've, I went and bought my golf clubs used. <laughs> See, there you yeah, go. Look, look right there. See, you know. right by, that's, that's kind of what reminded me of They it, probably but. still got the second-place sports logos on them. You've been I've, fitted. I've, I've been fitted. <laughs> but I played in high school, too. Like, yeah. I grew, I've been playing since I was, like, 10. So. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, anybody's shooting in high school, I guarantee you they're being fitted, you know. Oh, yeah, it, I'm sure. It's just like any other important athletic endeavor. And If, what, if my kid said, like, hey, I want to shoot skeet and trap, like, seriously, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I can't honestly tell you that they wouldn't at some point in their life end up with a custom-fitted Kriegoff or something goofy like, you know, just like sporting Clay's gun. Yeah. Because, like, you want to support your kids. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, if my kids take up the, the bass fishing tournament series in high school and they want to be serious about it, you're gonna have I a, don't know if there's a fitting for a fishing rod, but I'll go get them fitted for a fishing rod if it means saving some money in college, potentially. Yeah, right. You know, it's just like, oh, your kid wants to go fish, wants to go shoot, wants to fill in the blank, whatever. It, 
go get the kid what what he actually needs to succeed. That that does not mean that they're entitled to it. <laughs> yeah. Don't spoil them just because you know, they want to. Make them cut the grass on the weekends to yeah. earn it, whatever you want to do. But, you know, it's just like, yeah, man, go, go get them fitted. I think – so you talk about not wanting to do – you talk about not wanting to work for grouse, right? Or not wanting to work for birds because that's why you kind of quit duck hunting. To, well, a de- to a degree. It depends on the work. I think you, I you think you're talk, doing more work now than you're willing to admit. Well, and that's what I was about to say. Is it's a different type of work, kind of like what Tyler was saying. Like how strenuous is it? How far do you have to travel? How much time and and hours on the road or camping do you have to do to go chase these birds? You know, Tyler's going to be able to go duck hunting tomorrow and be back home in his bed. If I want to go grouse hunting with any realistic chance tomorrow, I'm not going to be back in my bed that night. So there, there's there's a difference. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you can make an argument for or against all these birds, which is kind of why we do this, and it's, and it's fun. Uh, I'm more interested, like you just said, the wood ducks is, is the duck that you would pick if you had to pick a duck. I'm going mallard or anything that really decoys because we decoy wood ducks you'll decoy them but you know it's like you can you can blow a whistle at a wood duck but are you really working them you know when you get that group of mallards and you see somebody that's skilled on a duck call work those mallards into your spread and you get a shot that's part of the fun of duck hunting that it's just like you can't really replace that and you're not gonna get that quality of action typically on wood ducks look at what happened the first weekend Look at the look at the birds I worked to put in the decoys. Uh, you worked. We worked those birds together. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, we called it butts. We we followed our philosophy. We actually didn't call that much. No. And you know what? There's one call that stood out above the rest. So you're gonna keep saying it. You're gonna bring it up, and then you're gonna have to tell everybody. No, I ain't telling nobody about that call. <laughs> but there's one call that made ducks show up. And it doesn't make sense. Well, it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. What? Widgeon call or something? Just, just it wasn't a, it wasn't a duck call, and we're, we're blowing it. Hypothetically, you might as well just, just spit it out. It wasn't a duck call. Just, and, just spit it out. You know, everybody knows now. It's ruined. And ducks just started showing up, and then they came into the decoys for no reason, and we started shooting them. I mean, what kind of call are we talking about? Like, I mean, it's in the waterfowl, you know realm he's gonna beat around the bush and then i'm gonna tell you anyway (laughs) it's a goose call we were we were we were hailing a goose call and hammering a goose call mallards just started falling out of the sky well i mean you know (laughs) they find i can see that i mean there's there's no telling like how many times those ducks on the way down have found food by zeroing in on where geese are at no, no, I totally, it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just weird that we picked up on it so quickly. Like, we'd hear geese in the distance, and we would just go to town hammering. And, and we're, then, like, looking over to the left where they were, where we heard geese. And then all of a sudden, we look up, see, and there's, like, mallards you just see feet. You just see feet down. Like, <laughs> they're coming in. They're, they're in the decoys. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, so, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. I don't, you know... <laughs> The only bird that we didn't talk about was quail. And if you've ever seen a covey of flail, a covey of quail flush, like that is something. And they're tough to shoot. 
Like, oh yeah, they're, for sure. They're not the biggest bird in the world. The man quail are trick. I have a love hate relationship with quail, and and not for the reasons why most people would think. Of course, I can't be normal on my thought process on anything. <laughs> but Bob White quail, it they're the they're the southern bird. You know, that, that's kind of traditionally it's southern. You know, you think plantations down in Georgia. You think you, you think everything that's associated with Bob White quail. What I think when I hear Bob White quail, it, it's like, again, I'm, I'm torn on this because they're su- such cool traditional birds. But I just think kind of wimpy birds. It's like no matter what it is, yeah. they kill quail. It, it's like they were born to die. Whether at the hand of a of a wing shooter, or it's like all the conditions. It's like if it's too wet, they die. If it's too dry, they die. If it's too cold, they die. If it's too hot, they die. And it's like, and we're all sitting here trying. I mean, I'm managing for them on my own property. You know, I'm doing equip funding. I'm trying to bring them back. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, if y'all are a little bit hardier, (laughs) you're a little tougher. If you're just a little bit tougher, you know, put a bandaid on it, walk it off. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know. Again, if you've never seen a cubby rise, that's you know, fifteen, twenty birds plus, and you've never tried to put a shotgun bead on them, it's different. I mean, it's 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 different, but. I would also argue, nothing again. Besides everything I just listed uh, about the quail, nothing else against that them on that. Go look at Hungarian partridge. You want to talk about some fun, and you want to talk about hardier versions of Bob White quail. Okay, Hungarian partridge. Well, they need to at. bring those over like they did the Chinese pheasants. <laughs> oh, they're there, man. Yeah. You go, you go out west. You go to the Dakotas. Uh, okay, they even have some a little bit in Iowa and uh montana you know shot some up in montana this year sweet uh they flush very similarly to to bob white quail and they're just slightly bigger right they're they're just a little bit bigger like you're holding this like you you feel like a bird (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i was i was talking so like we brought up this topic savannah's in the back of the car right and she's like oh dove for sure and i'm like you can shoot a limited doves in our backyard, right? Dove like, isn't anybody's favorite bird. It's hunting. her favorite bird, apparently. The only reason so many people dove hunt is because it's the first thing that opens everywhere. Yeah, it's their, well, it, most it's their way also, to remind their wives that hunting season yeah. has started. <laughs> it's the bell, that's a that's a good outlook. It's the bellwether hunting season, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The uh, no, I mean, I and you you talk about how easy it is to kill quail. Like one of our buddies, Anderson he and his father and his brother manage a quail preserve like they have the land they have people that pay to come hunt and yada 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 you wouldn't believe like you probably would but most people would not believe how much work they put in mm-hmm. like we're talking prescribed burns we're talking you know all this crap and it's just like and that's for a preserve that's not to they, maintain wild they have wild birds okay so they 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 plant birds on top of their wild gotcha. to kind of offset the, yeah. um, but as no, a, as I think that all preserves should be required to do. Yeah. They're like, what, no matter where you land on the preserve landscape, I don't really care if you want to go like pay to shoot some birds. Yeah, on weekend, whatever. But the preserves I think should have to actually do like real habitat management. On no, they are a, so North Carolina runs a pine, like, um, 
they have some sort of uh, pine plantation where they have to they have to keep so much wetland. They have to keep so much like burns and like it's all fresh growth and this and that. Like it is quintessential quail habitat. Like, nice. Like next time you come out, I'll have to get him on board to take us down there. But like it is the prettiest quail. Like it looks like quail, turkey, like bird habitat. Like they burn a third, they keep a third, you know, it's, it's always on a rotation. They're always planting crops. They're, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like they have some wetlands, they have this, they're right on a river. It's like, it's paradise. Like it, it's bird hunter paradise. They just happen to plant birds cause they have people that pay right. to come down there and like shoot birds. And it's like, okay, well we want to get guaranteed it. opportunities at right, least. Right. Yeah. Um, those guys don't want to hunt for wild birds like we would be we would be way more inept like if he was like yeah it's all wild we'd be like all right we can go all day and like flush two cubbies and be perfectly fine with that yeah well and and that's just it it's like you you said a second ago quail are easy to kill when you find them they're hard to find especially nowadays unfortunately you know we don't live in in grandpa's heyday back you know when they just go into the mailbox, he'd flush seven or eight cubbies. <laughs> Do you ever uh, wish you were like, you were born like 50, 100 years ago? Man, I, I was actually just talking to a buddy about this. Yes and no. Again, it, it's I see both sides to it, and I know that's a cop out on everything, but it's just like part of me is like, yes, because the things I love today. We're, better, a, lot better we're than, a lot better than you then, wouldn't but, have the appreciation. But exactly. You would not have the appreciation well, because it's just uh, how many people look at where we came from. All all the people that were from back then that could but, have hunted them back then, they didn't. And that's why you fast forward today and that the average person couldn't even probably describe to you what a bobwhite quail looks like. Yeah, I mean, so me and my buddy Andrew, the rod builder, uh, he's been on the podcast before. It's like we talk about it because we're both into sport fishing offshore. Like we love we really love bottom fishing like that fish that just pulls hard and we talk about the heyday and like how those guys abuse the system mm-hmm. and i i told him i was like andrew can you honestly tell yourself like if you were in their shoes where you were going out and you were smashing just like 100 tuna a day and 100 grouper a day and there were no limits you wouldn't just like melee those fish <laughs> like i can't I can't willingly say, like, I would be the guy. I would be out there every... If it's like that, like, I can promise you, the boat's going to be in the water. It's going to be fueled up, and we're going. If they're biting like that... And the cooler's going to be full. Every time. I'll give it away. Like, that's sad to say, but it's like... Everybody that wants to say, like, oh, I wouldn't have been like that. You're so full of it. Yeah. Uh, we Also, I think people fail to recognize that we live in today in the era of accessing information has never been easier. Yeah, so that's like true. if you want to be more informed, you, you can be as informed as you want to be on any topic whatsoever in this entire world. It doesn't even have to be like within your area or country. So with that all being said, you go back then, there wasn't exactly uh, an email, a mass email going out to everybody being like, Hey, 
we just finished up another, you know, drumming count, another. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, co- run, we're co- running out of turkeys yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, it's like, wow, there were some studies going on in certain parts of the country for certain birds or whatever. Uh, there was really no way to communicate that effectively in mass to everybody else. So it's like, even back then, even if there were some people like, you know, Hey, Hey, look something's at the species, going on. Yeah. Something's going on. It, the average person didn't hear about it. It's just like, if you're catching, if you're catching those grouper on the bottom there, then yeah. you're just like, Oh, everything's yeah. good over here. Yeah. There must be enough of them still catching them. Exactly. <laughs> They're right here. Like, well, I don't know what all this is I've been is fishing about. the same spot for 10 years and they've always been here and they're still here. It's like, it, Put it this way, like equate it to a species that like maybe is too plentiful, right? Snow geese. Snow geese conservation season in the spring, right? You can go out there, unplug shotguns, no limits, what have you, and you just blast them and blast them and blast them. We can talk even more local. Do you resident geese here? Yeah. Same same rules. All of September. So. Unplug shotguns. They do not give a crap. It's 15 a day. So, so you take that. So 15 a day, I'm talking on snow geese. Like my first snow goose hunt, we, we blasted 84 of them in one day. All right. We need to do that. It's, it's blast. Like you get in on it, but like just picture to where it's like, if you're, if you go out there and you're brand new to waterfowl hunting or, or whatever, and it's just, yeah. And it's just boom, boom, boom. Fast forward 10 or 15 years and say that like, for whatever reason, that population starts coming under control. And people are trying to tell you that, like, no, no, you got to stop hunting them. And it's like, what what are you talking about? I just sniped 84 of them, like, (laughs) Like five (laughs) years ago. It's a, you know, you're going to have a hard time accepting that. So it's like, we have the benefit of hindsight right now. But that's also the, that is the quint, like, that is the epitome of why we have to learn from our mistakes. For sure. For sure. To move forward because history repeats itself all the time. And, and that, you know, we can think on it now, but yeah, I mean, that's true. The, it is, it's just hard to, I think that a lot of people think that they would be a lot better person back then. Yeah. But, well, that's where cancel culture comes from, right? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, seriously, everybody gets hated on from 20 plus years ago. And it's just like, what? Like, you, you like, have no idea. Like, how do you not give them the benefit of the doubt? They are living within their time, just like we are now. Yep, yep, for sure. So, um, we've appreciated it. Thanks for coming out. I, I really like the headsets, man. I love the headsets, but we have one more thing we got to do before we close out. Oh, the one that got away. What's your What's your one that got away? The one that got away. Yeah, we're, we're anytime we bring a guest on, we do the one that got away. Whether it's a fish, a deer, a bird, a dog, you name it. The one that got away. What What's one that sticks with you? Hmm. I had a few pop through my my head. So last year, I, I went to Wisconsin. I, I was doing my annual Northwoods trip for for rough grouse. wasn't the best trip. Uh, I ultimately uh, got skunked the entire week. All right. So, like, the birds were there, but they don't give you the opportunities. Kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's like you can find them, but good, you know, good luck shooting them. Um, but there was one that I had both my girls on the ground, yeah. and, and we hiked back here. I found this one spot on the map. I'm like, I want to go check that island out out there. I don't, 
something's telling me to go out there. We go out there and we start finding some birds. No shot opportunities, whatever. Well, all of a sudden, my dog Lucy, my Munstie, a small Munsterlander, she slams a point, and then right behind her, boom, Rachel slams a point or backs and or backs. I don't I don't know which one is what, but they're kind of pointing each other about 20, 25 yards apart with this thick uh, cover in between them, and both of them are just staunch locked up. Like if you're t- if you picture like a pointing dog on point multiply that by two because yeah. there's two of them right there <laughs> and uh i know there's a bird in here yeah there, for sure the woods are wide open uh, besides this one little small patch of cover so you got two birds locked up yeah so i know exactly where this bird's coming from right and i i'm not seeing it back to our point earlier to where usually the grouse flush and you instinctually react shoot whatever well i'm scanning the ground now like it, it's this you know 20 25 yard thick it's like all right it's getting out of here like there's only one way for it to go so i'm I'm looking for it and i and then i hear the flush i still can't see it i see it when it's like 30 40 yards sailing away in the wide open trees and i never even got to shoulder the shotgun Uh and so there are certain flushes that Man. Just like just like you're gonna remember the the clean ones forever, just like you're gonna remember like a hell of a retrieve or something. Like there's always gonna be a few that just stick mm. in your head. That it's just like oh my god, and it's just like I, you have no idea how it happened. You, like you know, usually you at least get a poke at it. You you shoot, you miss, but this one's haunting me because it's just like it was right here. It tricked like, you. I knew where it was coming from, but right. I just my eyes never never landed on it and so hmm. I, I never even got to to shoot at it so you know I'm, I'm sure there's better ones but like that one if you put me on the spot like that was the first one that can't kind of came to mind on me that's yeah. usually the one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like i feel like that's a rough one too because like you took a trip how many hours from your house uh wisconsin where i was i was probably 13 14 hours yeah so this man drove 14 hours with two dogs Probably sleeping in the back of his truck, if I had to guess. Yes, I was camping that whole whole week. Yeah, so he's sleeping in the back of his truck. Doesn't get a single opportunity on a bird. Says, this is where they're going to be. Goes in there. The bird's there. And absolutely botches it. Yeah. Yeah, that hurts. Well, and didn't even have the opportunity not to, to not watch the, it. Not to rub it in, but like that, <laughs> not, that it, hurts. It, it, it does. And I mean, you know, we, uh, I, I didn't come home empty handed. You know, the woodcock is always a savior on upland hunts. You know, woodcock have saved many, uh, many, uh, slow grouse hunts <laughs> on sure. the way out. But, uh, as far as grouse goes, we, we got skunked. It's the only, it's the only grouse trip I've taken, you, you know, in my upland career that we've gotten skunked, uh, by the grouse, but, but it, it handed it to me all well, week. So. Yeah. That sounds like a that sounds like a trip I want to be on. <laughs> and that's sad that I know that that's what I like. But it's like I like the tough ones. Well, I hope I hope Nash is like well enough in the brain to put up with his dad. That's all I've got to say. I mean, it, hey, it, each bird and each species has something different to offer. So, you know, I know I know you. It, pheasants kind of got you into the world and, and that's where you're, you're I'm sure at right now ask it's, me ask me a couple of years from now and we'll have a different answer it, well, and it may not change i know plenty of people whose their favorite bird is still pheasant but yeah. uh you know it's like each bird is something different just go chase different ones and i and if you if you 
enjoy embracing the suck, the rough grouse is a good one to start with. <laughs> yeah. You want to go on a rough grouse hunt? Yeah, I'm sure it's in our future. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually like, um, we're going to hunt grouse farm in Pennsylvania. Yeah. They've, they've got some up there. Um, I think it's rough grouse up there, right? Yeah. There's, there's roughies in Pennsylvania. They're, they're not plentiful. No, I didn't say they were plentiful, there. but like after you fill a limit, like, so they have a good pheasants forever program. So like, we may fill a limit, we may not. But like, Theoretically, it should be, we should be able to fill a limit. Yeah. Theoretically, it should be pretty good hunting. If y'all are shooting straight, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, after that, like, morning kind of, we get up, make breakfast, go hunt. Like, we might we might go explore some, some grouse territory. Yeah. Did you hear that, Tyler? Seeing upland hunting, you get to wake up at a decent time, have your coffee, breakfast, breakfast yeah. then go out, I and know. you stay dry. He might make me a believer. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's still a lot of walk. <laughs> well, I think that closes the podcast out, boys and girls. Yep. Thanks for listening. Check out the the socials. Yep, yep. Check out Gundog it yourself. Yep, uh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we're we're thankful to have him. Uh, you know, we're all part of the the network here, so. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hell, hell of a bowl of chili. You yeah. Know, I'll give you props <laughs> on that. Yeah, I uh, I taught Tyler how to make chili, so. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a family recipe at this point, but we'll catch you next time. 